Ugh, Lena, I can't do this. Good morning, good evening, and happy Thursday, everyone. I am so excited that you are here with me today on this week's episode of Personable. We have an amazing guest, Caroline Cacabellos, sharing her story about love after loss, what it means to choose vulnerability in a time when you are at your weakest. After losing her father earlier last year, she chose to be seen and chose to show up in every encounter that she had. We can all learn a little something about the power of vulnerability from Caroline, and I cannot wait to share her story with you. Before we dive on in, I want to tell you the basics that I tell you every week. Subscribe to the podcast, rate me five stars, of course, and if you're feeling extra generous, write a review. Okay, enough of that. Let's get into the story. still struggling to think of where to start. But as I'm thinking about this, I have a picture of my dad and I when I was pretty little. And he's in the pool waiting for me to come in. There's so much hesitation on my face, but my hand is in the water and he's holding on to it. And he's just, you can tell he's just got so much faith in me. That is starting this story. My dad passed away from a brain aneurysm while on vacation with my mom in Hawaii. And my brother, my sister, and I were away, and we found out the following morning. But we gotten a call from my mom just saying that he was in the hospital and she needed us there. Throughout the day, there's a lot of thoughts going through my head, a lot of praying going on. At the time, it made sense to do that because that was the only thing that I felt like I could do. We found out that he passed away in the afternoon, and that was on our way to Hawaii. And once we got to my mom, literally when we got in her presence and into her arms, there was something inside of me that just completely changed. Because before that moment, I felt like a little kid, carefree, completely taken care of, sheltered and everything. But in that moment of seeing my mom and seeing my brother and my sister just in complete pain, I felt like I had to be strong, whatever that meant at the time. For me, I thought that being strong meant being emotionless and being a pillar and being a person that didn't show that they were in pain. I felt like that was the right thing to do in that moment. And so for a couple of weeks, that's how I kept on being strong. But what I didn't realize was what I was doing was the complete opposite of what I was meaning to be, meaning to be strong. I wasn't, I wasn't being strong. I was being completely weak. I became somebody who was just the complete opposite of who I truly am, of who God made me. I was numb and I was quiet and reserved. There were two different Carolines. And I felt like I was looking at myself and just watching myself lifeless, trying to process my dad passing. I just needed someone in my life to understand me and to know what I was going through. I finally realized that being strong actually meant being vulnerable. So being the complete opposite of who I was trying to be. And when I realized that was when I just was completely heartbroken from my dad passing and completely heartbroken from all of the things that I'm looking towards in my life and realizing that he is no longer going to be there and just really fully acknowledging this heartbrokenness. I was doing this through just talking about it and talking about how I completely lost myself 
and lost who I was and had no concept of what love was at the time and what strength was and what my life meant. Um, You just lose yourself completely when you experience grief and death and loss of somebody who loved you, who you knew loved you so much and who you loved so much. I had to grow up a lot in those weeks after my dad passed. For a while, I thought I knew how to do that. But once I got to school, once I left my mom and my brother and my sister, I tried burying myself into the things that I was used to doing. It was easy for me to get caught up in those things, but not taking the time to really care for myself. And I felt felt myself just losing myself again. And a lot of that had to do with not fully processing the loss of my dad. The way that that happened was just ignoring it, just bottling it up and talking about it like it was just another day in the life. I went to a lot of counseling through student health and my school's campus ministry. And then there was this opportunity um, to take, it was called Ignatian Wisdom Groups. And Ignatian Wisdom Group, the moderator of it was a, a Jesuit priest. He pretty much forced vulnerability to happen, to just be asked, be vulnerable. That was difficult for me because there was so much that was going on within me that was hard to just release in front of a priest and in front of people who are who are not in your life every day. It was difficult, but so freeing and so amazing. And that's why I decided to really lean on being vulnerable to to live life, I guess, to continue living my life. And I and I learned that as I was open with with other people, the more open that I was with others, the more the more my relationships were being deepened and the more the more life-giving my relationships were turning out to be. It was like the more vulnerable that I that I was with my friends, the more deepened my relationship was, and that just fostered so much for those relationships. I honestly do not know where I would be in my life right now had these relationships not gone in the way that they had. Like choosing vulnerability and choosing to deepen these relationships was probably the greatest thing that I've ever done for myself. But it's not an easy road to do that. But to have people in your life who are who are open and who are trusting and who who foster relationships like that, it's those are people that you gotta just keep in your life for the rest of your life. Because they they do not come very often. I don't think that that could have happened if I wasn't vulnerable with them in the first place. And I mean, the person that that exudes vulnerability, the person who taught me what vulnerability was, was probably my dad. And the way that he lives his life. (laughs) I hate this. My dad is just really freaking awesome. Uh, He's great. Sorry, I need to get back on track. Um... (laughs) Who my dad was um, and the characteristics that he had, the qualities that he had, were always consistent with everybody. And I think that's crazy because of 
how open, how true you are, and to show that with every person that you encounter is so difficult because it's so easy to just encounter someone and feel like you have to be a certain person in order to be acceptable in their eyes. But my dad never lived his life like that. My dad always lived a life of just always being true to who you are and realizing your God-given talents. And this is why I choose to live every day, to wake up every day, is for my dad and for my friends and for myself and for God with this mindset of having, not having to, but getting to choose vulnerability. This past year, I just learned that deeply connecting with others deepening these relationships and deepening my relationship with God, that requires trust and vulnerability and to be just truly open. What happens after that, that is what I live for. It's just miraculous. Like that, that act and that work, there's so much of God working in that. To be able to enable somebody to open their heart, that is what I live for because it shows you what makes their heart pound or what what makes their heart ache like that is so unique and so beautiful in so many ways this is how i'm living my life my passion it lies within those connections there's this whole experience this journey that happens within these connections there's the preparation for this connection and there's the connection of itself and then the outcome of the connection. There's so much beauty within that whole experience and that whole journey. There's so much love that happens within that. And there's no way that I can not do that, not experience these connections every day. Because of my dad and because of these relationships, I'm choosing every day to just do what every person is meant to do, essentially. Just live your passion of opening your heart to others, to to yourself, to God, and then allowing for them to do the same. Boom, Lena, I'm done. We got through it. I'm done. What made you pour your heart out to the masses as opposed to keeping it on the inside, as opposed to choosing anger, as opposed to whatever other way to deal with grief? I was so desperate to find myself again and desperate for just life, I guess. I just needed people to understand me. And so I reached out to pretty much everyone. And that consisted of telling my boss what I needed from him, telling him about my story and about what I was going through. And I told somebody who I wasn't on good terms with at that time what I needed from them. I don't I just believed in knowing that something would catch me. I felt like I just flung myself out into the open. And as scary as that was, it was also very freeing. I felt that the most while I was building these relationships and deepening these relationships. And how do you decipher who you want to share your story with and who do you want to be vulnerable with? I don't. I just do. <laughs> and that, But that's hard. Or at least I struggle with letting people in and seeing who is going to treat my story as sacred because it's hurtful when I share my story with someone and I'm vulnerable with them and they just brush it off completely. And that yeah. makes me just want to close off. But it's this constant battle to choose authenticity, to choose vulnerability, to be seen and to show up. So how do you deal with that? 
I don't know if a year of doing it is something to say, but after learning from my dad and learning who he was throughout his life, I realized that that's not on me. That's on them. That says more about them than it does me. If they aren't going to see the sacredness or the divine in, in anybody's story, then that's too bad for them. They're missing out on seeing an opportunity to see life in a completely different way, in a way that they have never seen it before. We all know that everybody has a story to tell. Your story is as valuable and meaningful as the next person the most that you can do is share your story you know that's that's the gospel you don't want to hide yourself from that so you equate your story to the gospel why do you equate the two the gospel is the good news and everybody's life is is good news it's it would be wrong to say that it's bad news. It's good news in its own way. There's so much to gain in, in each person's news, in each person's gospel. Despite what whatever hell anybody has ever been through, or despite how ignorant a person might be, there's always good news. Well, traditionally, like the gospel is used to talk in reference to like the good news within the Bible and talking about like the life, the death, and the resurrection of Jesus. Do you see that each person's story is a direct reflection of God? Absolutely. Oh my goodness, absolutely. Humans are made to be sacred and social. And with that, each person has has a sacredness in them. And we're seeing the gospel, we're seeing it come alive in those relationships, in, in the act of recognizing the sacredness. I completely agree. Everyone's story is a testimony. And that testimony is a direct reflection of God working through our lives. But I believe that our lives should be a direct reflection of God's glory and God's goodness. And I found that quote that I was talking about earlier um, by Brene Brown again. She's amazing. And she says, when two people relate to each other authentically and humanly, God is electricity that surges between them. Oh, God, I love that the electricity part of it there is it's you can't see it you can't see that connection happening but you can feel it right and it doesn't need to be identified that electricity you just feel it and you know and you know between the two of you but i think that's the power of vulnerability that is the power of this importance of being seen and being known by other people and how strong authenticity is and how much we relate to one another by sharing of our stories. Grief is not something that people talk about on a daily basis. But for me, grief was something that I was talking about. The people who have listened to me talk about these tough topics are the people who I have so much love for. Because at first they responded terribly. And then I realized, well, that's that yes, that is on them. But that doesn't mean that they don't care. And I have to help them. I have to kind of go a little bit more than halfway. I have to meet them three quarters and say, this is how I need you to be. I just need you. That's it. I don't need you to even respond. I don't need you to find the right words to say. I don't need you to do anything. I just need you to be here. Before your dad passed, were you always this open book sharing everything about your life to other people and casting this wide net of yourself? Mm -mm. 
No. Oh, no. I, I was always pretty private and secretive about specific things. A majority of it was my sexuality and trying to live while still hiding a huge part of me. And I mean, that worked up until my sophomore year of college where I just felt that or hiding my sexuality was kind of leaking into other parts of my life and affecting it to a point where I I just had to face it head on. And once I did that myself, and once I was able to express that to somebody else, and express something that was was kept so deep inside me that I was so scared of people seeing that or seeing even like the slightest bit of it. I felt like I could keep doing it because it felt amazing being able to just open up that box and kind of creep out to see if anybody would accept it. To see it and just say, okay, cool. It felt amazing to just truly be seen. Describe that feeling. Hmm. scary scary as hell oh god oh my goodness the first time that I ever told somebody about it I was so scared that I I didn't even say specifically like for for a bit I I kind of just like I masked it a little bit because I wanted to ease people into the truth it was kind of giving like a dog a piece of a dog treat and seeing if they like it if they do give them the whole thing if they don't keep it in your hand don't give it to them and so that's what I did with a lot of my friends like I told them you know I think I have been kind of questioning my sexuality and it was even hard for me to say that word sexuality but I thought so much in my head I kept going through like the worst possible scenarios of how people would react to it but once I did it it felt not even a big deal people would just kind of react like oh really like that's really cool or you know, I kind of knew, or I had a feeling, but I just didn't know. And it was kind of cool, because you try so hard to hide that part of your life, but then you realize that people are more than okay with it. It makes you want to share yourself more with the world. There's something about just like saying what you've been meaning to say for so long to someone else that is just, it's scary up until the moment, but then once you say it, you realize that it wasn't that big of a deal. Yeah. I think that's it. Lit. I just dab. I'm dabbing right now. You can't see it, but I'm doing it. (laughs) I'm not. Rude.